Listener discretion is strongly advised on today's case. I covered this case briefly on my TikTok last week, but there was just so much more that I felt needed to be said. Born in May 2019, Star Hobson was a beautiful, blue-eyed, 16-month-old little girl. But she was also another voiceless child failed by the people who were meant to love them the most. Her life was taken from her at the hands of her mother's girlfriend, Savannah Brockhill. Star took her last breath on the 22nd of September 2020 after suffering catastrophic injuries. Savannah Brockhill was sentenced to a minimum of 25 years for murdering her, and Star's mum, Frankie Smith, was initially sentenced to eight years for causing or allowing Star's death. However, at the Court of Appeal, three senior judges considered the case and extended her sentence by four more years, taking it to a total of 12. But when you hear what Star endured in her tragically short life, I'm sure that you'll agree with me that 12 years is not even nearly enough. Frankie may not have been the one to inflict the blows, but again, as you'll see, she also didn't do anything in her power to stop the abuse that led to Star's death. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey Coffee and Crimers, I'm your host, Belle Fagan. Frankie Smith had gotten pregnant with Star at the age of 17. She was described as a very young, immature 17 and had struggled at school academically. In fact, both her mum and her sister described her as immature and someone who was still playing with dolls at the age of 16. Star's dad, Jordan Hobson, had been in and out of the care system himself and at the time of being with Frankie, he was living in supported accommodation, although he was still in contact with his parents. From the get-go, Star had had a pretty unsettled life, moving between either living with Frankie or Frankie sending her to live with her great-grandparents. Her relationship with Jordan was very much an on-again, off-again type of one, both during the pregnancy and immediately after the birth. But when Star was four months old, the relationship finally ended when Jordan went off to university. 
It was amicable enough, though, that he still had contact with Starr at his parents' home. Frankie met Savannah Brockhill around October 2019. Savannah was 26 and working as a security guard at a club. But since Starr's death, it has actually come to light that Savannah actually had a history of domestic abuse with her previous partner and even had a restraining order against her in 2015. Family and friends consistently reported the change in Star after Frankie began her relationship with Savannah. There was also reports that Frankie herself was seen with bruises, possibly caused by Savannah, and that Savannah seemed to be controlling her, which also included restricting Star's contact with other family members. In January 2020, a close friend was worried about Frankie being controlled by Savannah, but even more so of Savannah's physical punishments of Star. She called social services and reported her concerns. Now, the next day, she happened to be with Frankie when Frankie got a call from a social worker saying that they would be over in about an hour to check on Star at home. The friend was quoted as saying that Frankie spent that whole hour cleaning and tidying the house and getting Star dressed up nicely, covering any bruises, etc. The assessment report done didn't show any child protection concerns which is pretty understandable seeing as Frankie was given time to prepare. It only mentioned that permanent accommodation for Star and Frankie was needed. So a letter was sent to the housing department stating that, and then the case was closed. Between February and April of 2020, Frankie asked her grandparents, so Star's great-grandparents, Anita and David, to take her in as she couldn't cope with looking after Star since her relationship with Savannah had ended. Now, this is where I wish the story could have ended, because as you can imagine, Star absolutely thrived living with her great-grandparents. Until 11 weeks later, in April 2020, when, without any warning or discussion, Frankie came over and took Star from them. Her and Savannah had gotten back together, and they wanted to be a family. Frankie's defence team in court told the jury that Savannah was abusive and controlling to Frankie. Now, due to personal experience, I I honestly have such a hard time staying impartial. If she was being abused by Savannah as a fellow survivor, my heart absolutely breaks for her. But those of you who are mums, I'm sure that you'll agree with me that even in an abusive relationship, we would be laying down our lives if it meant saving our babies. It's also been well documented that Frankie was described as a lazy mum who would film herself taking part in cruel pranks on Star. In May 2020, the great-grandparents on both sides all became super concerned about the way that Savannah was treating Star. So Star's great-grandmother Anita made a referral to Children's Services on the 4th of May 2020, which resulted in an unannounced visit the next day from a social worker. But Frankie told them that she felt the referral was malicious, saying that Star's great-grandmother didn't approve of same-sex relationships. No visible injuries were seen, so it was left at Frankie's word. And the case closed again. And they didn't even bother informing Anita that A, they checked on Star, and B, that they'd closed the case. It was then that Frankie stopped all contact with Star's great-grandparents, including Jordan's parents. The next month, Star's aunt, Frankie's sister, sent photos of bruises to the police and spoke to officers, while Star's dad, Jordan, made a referral to social services. Now, if you're keeping count, this is the third referral in a three-month period. 
Police again visited Star and Frankie, who by this point had moved in full time to live at Savannah's home, and they did see marks on Star. Now, I did show a few pictures of Star's bruising on my TikTok, and it will also be available on the Cup of Coffee and Crime Facebook page, but I do warn you, they are distressing to see. Frankie said that the bruises had been caused by Star banging into a coffee table. But the police officer was concerned that accounts of how the bruising came about weren't particularly consistent. So the police safeguarding team agreed that a child protection medical was needed. Star was taken to hospital to be checked, but she was seen by a doctor with only four months experience in child safety, who was also seeing these injuries in complete isolation with no background story at all. So he accepted that the excuses of the toddler bumping into a coffee table were viable and also that she'd hurt her leg playing with a puppy. So Star was discharged from hospital and sent back home to Frankie and Savannah. Again, the case is closed. Referral number four comes only two days later. A friend of Frankie's mum calls social services after seeing worrying behaviour at a family barbecue. It is supposedly investigated, although I couldn't actually find anything detailing this visit, so I don't even know if one happened. But what I do know is that 16 days later, this fourth referral case is now closed again. I'm assuming that your jaws are all dropping like mine. It's just shockingly unbelievable. In late August, early September, Star was being looked after by a family friend, and another friend of the family also happened to be there. They noticed bruises on Star's face, which looked to them to be like finger marks. So that friend took a video and sent it to Star's uncle. He then shared the video with Frankie's granddad, Star's great-granddad, and Star's dad, Jordan. Jordan immediately called police, but this time, when police tried to visit the home, they were told that Star was away with Frankie and Savannah up in Scotland. Now, around that exact time... Frankie also called the GP to say that Star had cut her lip when falling off some cobbled steps and it was swollen, oozing red and green stuff and split open. The GP surgery was about to close for the day so they told Frankie that she needed to call NHS 111 but they did enter a note on Star's file. After police not managing to see Star, Star's great-grandfather contacted social services not wanting to let what he'd seen on that video drop. So two days after Frankie made that call, a social worker visited Star, Frankie and Savannah. The social worker didn't have a copy of the video showing the bruising to Star that had prompted the call, nor did they have the photo of the bruising that had been sent to the police. So looking around, the social worker noted that the house was clean, warm and tidy, and there was, quote, good attachment, end quote, between Frankie and Star. Frankie again, quote, happily stripped star, end quote, and yes, bruises and a cut lip were seen, but they were perceived to be consistent with normal bruising in toddlers, as well as being backed up by Frankie's call to the GP and the whole story about falling off some cobbled steps. The referral was once again put on the system as malicious and closed. Once the social worker left, Frankie rang the GP straight away because she had noticed blisters on Star's tongue, something that she'd forgotten to mention in the original call to the GP. The GP offered to see Star immediately, but Frankie said that this wasn't possible as they were in the car on their way to a different town. So the doctor told her that they needed to get an emergency appointment at their next location, so advised Frankie to ring NHS 111 to arrange this. As you can imagine, she didn't. 
At the trial, a report read, quote, from early September 2020, it is clear that Frankie Smith and Savannah Brockhill acted to prevent professionals and family members from coming into contact with Star. A GP called Frankie on the 7th of September and she said that Star was now back to normal. After this, no professional saw Star or had contact with Frankie Smith before Star's murder on the 22nd of September 2020. End quote. In fact, a visit from social services was due the day that Star died, but Frankie had texted to reschedule. The social worker replied saying, thanks for letting me know, we'll do Friday instead at 10.30am. Every photo taken during this period, which was discovered by police during their investigation, showed a sad child with multiple bruises on her legs, her arms and her face. The contrast between these photos and the photos of the happy little girl taken by her extended family when she'd lived with them earlier that year is just devastating. Again, on the Facebook page, you'll see a Facebook post that Star's great-granddad posted where on one side, it was a picture of Star when she was living with them and on the other side, a picture of her once she's back with Frankie and Savannah. And he even captures it saying, you know, what a difference in five weeks. What is going on, Frankie? Honestly, it's heartbreaking. CCTV footage at a recycling plant where Savannah worked showed Star alone with Savannah on September the 13th. The footage captured Star being physically assaulted by Savannah with 21 separate blows to the head and body recorded over a period of a few hours. Some of the assaults came while Star was strapped in her car seat and unable to move. Another clip showed Savannah hitting Star so hard that she actually fell out of the car. She was also seen grabbing Star by the throat. Now I saw clips of the footage and honestly I just couldn't bear the thought of how scared Star must have been. Mobile phone footage recorded by Frankie shows Star being made to stand and stare at a wall. Frankie films her while she screams and cries and I just feel like I need to remind us all that this is a 16 month old baby. That's just not okay. Police released the audio of the 999 call that Savannah made. Again, the audio will be available on our Facebook page. In the distressing 11-minute long call, Savannah lies to the operator that she was making coffee in the kitchen when she heard a bang. Then she goes on to try and pin the blame of Star's death on another toddler. Savannah says that she came out of the kitchen and the little boy was stood there while Star was on the floor and she was crying and she was being sick. Then she says, well, now she's gone a little bit floppy, to be honest with you. She then tells the operator that she didn't know if Star's injuries happened after falling off the couch or if they had come from playing with the other child, as when she'd walked in, the little boy was saying Star's name. She explained on the call that she'd sat Star up and started to rub her back because she was breathing but struggling. Then she started to be sick, so she laid Star back on the floor. Her complexion was a waxy grey when paramedics arrived to her almost lifeless body at 4.04pm. She was pronounced dead at 5pm. Star's final cause of death was abdominal haemorrhage caused by blunt force trauma. A post-mortem found evidence of a recent skull fracture, which they estimate happened about 10 days before her death. There was also a refracture of her right tibia, which happened approximately three to seven days before along with multiple injuries to the scalp, forehead, cheek and back. 
all evidence that Starr had been physically assaulted on numerous occasions in the weeks and months leading up to her death. She also suffered a laceration to her liver, damage to her bowel and bruising to her lung and pancreas. Her injuries were so catastrophic that there was no chance doctors could have saved her. She'd lost 50% of her blood having been kicked or punched and with her injuries being likened to ones that people would get from a car crash. Obviously, I've spent hours reading various reports and information on this case. One report I read was conducted by Willis Palmer, a multidisciplinary organisation who provides assessments for the courts. They broke down a summary of how Starr was let down over the five referrals to police and social services. Yes, five referrals. The report said professionals only had a limited understanding of what daily life was like for Starr. Their assessments were based on a couple of one-off visits and the historic information known by each agency were never joined together to give a bigger picture. Star's wider family members were not listened to. The sheer number of concerned family members speaking on behalf of Star should have prompted these professionals to reconsider the escalating risks to her. Domestic abuse between Savannah and Frankie had been referred to children's social care in January 2020 and again in May 2020, but this wasn't assessed in any agency assessments. They also said in the report that the assessments done by children's social care was not fit for purpose and didn't identify the risks to star or put in place a plan for reducing those risks. Jurors were then told that the search history on Frankie's phone revealed that she had searched for how to bring a baby out of shock and shock in babies, at 3.34pm on the day of Starr's death, which would have been right around the time that Savannah would eventually call 999. In court, Savannah herself described herself as a number one psycho, who claimed to have, quote, dropped men and women with her punches. She'd been a one-time mixed martial arts fighter, a security guard and a dog handler. She had previously threatened to put rivals in a wheelchair by breaking their kneecaps, At one point, it almost came across like she was bragging to the jury when she was telling them about her punching power. The court heard that she was obsessively jealous, physically powerful, violent and controlling. In fact, during her trial, she was told off by the judge for gesturing, in inverted commas, while a lawyer was outlining her heinous crime. On another day of the trial through video link, she was seen laughing, shaking her head, reportedly yawning, grinning and even chatting to someone off camera. And at one point, she was seen playing with a ball and then playing with a surgical-type glove that she'd blown up. As Frankie's sentence was read out, she sobbed to hear that she'd been cleared of murder but found guilty of allowing Starr's death. Savannah simply smiled when she heard that she'd been found guilty of murder and sentenced to a minimum of 25 years. Although demands have been made for both police and social care to be held responsible for Starr's death, you and I know that that will never happen. Bradford Children's Services gave a feeble apology and said that lessons will be learned from this and excuses have been made ever since. A review panel said that in 2020 Bradford Children's Social Care Service was a service in turmoil where staff were working in conditions that made high quality decision making very difficult to achieve. Starr's case was handled first by a newly qualified social worker who had no managerial support given to her 
and then again by a social worker from a temp agency who left before completing their assessment a few weeks before Star's murder. Now, I just want to say something here on a personal note. Okay, so the first social worker was newly qualified and the second social worker was from a temp agency. I get that. But do you know what? You only need to be human with two eyeballs in your head to have been able to see what Star was going through. So this excuse just doesn't wash with me. You don't need to be qualified. You don't need to be anything to do with social care to be able to see that a child is evidently suffering. And when five referrals have been made by concerned family, being blamed for them being homophobic, I don't know, I just start to think after five, maybe there's no smoke without fire. So this actually angers me that they came out and used the newly qualified and the temp as an excuse, because it would have almost been better that they just didn't say anything, because this is insulting. Tragically, Frankie's dad, Andrew Smith, had long suffered with drug addiction, and in June 2021, he died from an overdose. He'd managed to stay sober for quite a number of months up until Starr's death. It's reported that he actually died on Frankie's 20th birthday, and in a card that he wrote to her, he put, You look after yourself, and I'll go look after Star." He was found dead holding Star's jacket. Thanks for listening. To see today's case photos, click on the link in the case description to join the Cup of Coffee and Crime Facebook discussion group. And if you're enjoying being here, please leave a review on whatever platform you get your podcasts. Until next week, stay safe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.